Ladies and gentlemen of South Florida, may I have your attention, please? Playoffs. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Wednesday, April 12th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter as well at LO underscore FLA Panthers and on Instagram as well. We're starting to gain a little bit of traction on the Instagram front, so make sure to follow the show also on Instagram and also give us a follow on our YouTube channel as well and follow the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. So cats fans, as I literally have my cat right here as she jumps on my desk, uh, cats fans, what a ride, what a result that we saw on Tuesday night with both the Buffalo Sabres and the Pittsburgh Penguins losing in regulation, which those results, even though I said yesterday with my guest Francisco Porta that I didn't think that the Chicago Blackhawks were going to find a way to beat Pittsburgh to help the Florida Panthers clinch a playoff spot. But it happened and the Florida Panthers are in and it's all and more and more importantly, it is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show, which means Jacob Winans is back for another edition. And Jacob, how are you feeling, my friend? I am feeling absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a pleasure to be here again. I love I love when I'm able to come on after a win, but in tonight's case, uh, it's a win without the Panthers playing a game. Uh, and I am very happy to third wheel tonight um, with you and Shadow there. I'm, I'm a, a very happy third wheel. I love, love seeing Shadow make an appearance. <laughs> yeah, I uh, once again I got a YouTube commenter saying that we we need more of the appearances uh, on the show for that. But let's just uh, talk about just just with, with the 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 scenarios going into the night, and it would have been very difficult had the Buffalo Sabers and Pittsburgh Penguins won their games. I, I tweeted this before the games even started that if both of them won, that there would be not a single scenario on Wednesday night, regardless of what happens with Habs and Islanders on Wednesday, that would have the Florida Panthers get into a spot and that we would have to wait until Thursday. And with these results, we don't we don't have to sit here and wait. And it's not a long three days for for uh, for the Panthers to do something and then the feeling of having their backs against the wall as well with, with the Florida Panthers welcoming Carolina. Let's just go over some of the results from the night to begin with Uh, Buffalo eliminated from playoff contention after losing to New Jersey devils um, and the Carolina hurricanes where uh, they, they, they won their game against the Detroit red wings uh, on the night four one, which the Carolina Hurricanes are still a point ahead and they need to win outright to win the, the Metro division. So 
that changes everything as far as Florida's matchup. But the one we didn't expect, the one where caught us all off guard was the Chicago Blackhawks versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. one nothing in the middle of the second period. The Pittsburgh Penguins had not one, not two, but three power plays opportunities in the third period to try to make something happen. And the the they they did get a power play goal by Gino Malkin uh, to tie uh, to tie at one, but then uh, Buddy Robinson of of the Chicago Blackhawks. I can't. I'm not going to pretend I know who he is. Uh, gets the go ahead goal for the Blackhawks at the time, and then and then the Chicago Blackhawks score three unanswered to really make this in in doubt as the as even at one point the Pittsburgh Penguins had a six on four on the power play, but still the desperate times came for desperate measures and the Chicago Blackhawks, even though they're tanking for Connor Bedard, this, and it goes to show teams don't players don't tank front offices do, but, but also they're also playing for Jonathan Taze who might be playing his last bit of hockey in a in a Blackhawks uniform. So it meant a few things to both sides. But all in all, it helps the Florida Panthers get into this position of clinching and punching their ticket to the Stanley Cup playoffs for a fourth year in a row, which is a franchise record for streaks. Before that, the Florida Panthers had only made it five times. And now it's four straight years in the dance. I'm it's pure joy, Jacob. It's I'm excited, happy. Name any adjective in, in as far as positive ones in the English dictionary. And that's what I'm feeling right now. Floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, man, there's a lot to unpack there. It's really pretty remarkable. I, I wanna I wanna start with uh before we go into all the things that had to go right for the Panthers to get in tonight, I just want to start with with this team and and the Panthers and what they've uh, overcome and what they've been faced with this year. Uh, if you take it all the way back to last offseason, the the Matthew Kachuk trade absolutely rocked this team to its core. Uh, when when the longest tenured player Jonathan Huberdeau is, is shipped out, yes. uh, Mackenzie Weger goes with him. A first round pick goes with them. Uh, Cole Schwint as well. It, it's it, it was a really really big franchise altering move, and there were a lot of question marks surrounding that. Matthew Kachuk has been the heart and soul of this team uh, on the ice, off the ice. He has been as advertised and even better. Um, so the the biggest amount of credit goes to him right off the top. He, he should, without a doubt, be a top three finalist for the Hart Trophy this season. That's a given. Um, the goaltending, challenges in net with, with Bob dealing with some injuries, some illnesses, Spencer Knight uh, dealing with uh, the player assistance program that he's he's still currently working his way through. Alex Lyon coming out of nowhere to essentially save the season. No one could have seen that coming, and credit is due there. Um, it, the guys stepping up uh, and scoring at big times and, and, and players playing above their usual lines, guys like Ryan Lomberg, who who was last season a frequent healthy scratch, for being honest. He, he wasn't an everyday player and, and now manning the, the third line consistently and there's just been a lot of guys who have stepped up. Brandon Montour, uh, almost doubling uh, his production, uh, his average production from the past two seasons. 
it's really been remarkable to see how many guys have stepped up and, and the Panthers are still not at hundred percent because we're waiting on Sam Bennett to come back. And now that uh, we are in the playoffs, I, you can maybe afford to let him sit out the last game and hopefully bring him back as close to full health as possible for game one of the playoffs. But this is a team that has overcome so, 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 so much to get to the playoffs in a year that was supposed to be a down year, supposed to be a year that we're cap strapped and not supposed to really compete or contend. They still find a way to get in. Um, credit goes to Bill Zito for not completely folding at the trade deadline when everything was saying, this is probably not the year it's time to sell. He didn't sell. He believed in this team. The players believed in themselves and, and now this is the payoff. And, and I think going into the playoffs, we're not going to talk, uh, really who we'd rather see and all that tonight, but I think it doesn't really matter who lines up against the Panthers. This is a team that's overcome a lot and they are, uh, they are a very dangerous underdog team right now. I feel like this team going into the postseason, they're hot. Uh, they can, they can shock, they can shock the hockey world and, and, and win a series or two. And then who knows what can happen from there. So that, that's just where I want to start with, with the Panthers, but with, um, all the things that had to go right for the Panthers tonight to get in. I don't think any of us expected <laughs> Chicago to, to pull out a win over, over Pittsburgh. Um, we, we just assume guys like Sidney Crosby are going to show up in the big games and, and carry their team. Gino Malkin did his part. Crosby was kind of neutralized by Jonathan Taves. It felt like this was 2012 all over again or something. It was, <laughs> it was pretty, uh, pretty crazy to see that, that unfold. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it that, watching that game, it, it was the most excited I've been for a non-Panthers game in quite some time because we're watching that and it's just like the Hawks are they're winning and then the, the, they're still winning in this third period. They've got control of the game somehow, even though it seems like they're just hanging on. Geno Malkin scores and it's like, oh boy, uh, Pittsburgh, they're, they're coming back now. And then, like you said, Buddy Robinson. I mean... <laughs> Who, who would have expected that? This is the greatest performance by by a buddy since Buddy the Elf saved Christmas. I mean, <laughs> I, I could not believe what I saw there. And then, and then Greek Lightning scores a goal, and Buddy Robinson's throwing himself in front of shots, blocking shots. You have to credit Chicago tonight for, for not rolling over and just folding uh, to increase their odds for Bedard. This is a team that did, they had a lot of pride. And at the end of the day, uh, you get the empty netter from a, a guy that – for years, we've kind of despised and Tyler Johnson, a, a former Tampa Bay Lightning staple. He gets the empty netter, and it's funny how that works out. Just just 24 hours ago, John Tavares saved the Islanders, and tonight, Tyler Johnson, a longtime Tampa Bay Lightning, is the guy who puts the final nail in the coffin uh, for the Penguins. So it's hockey's a funny sport, and um, yeah, we're we're all we're all big buddy fans tonight, without a doubt. No, no doubt, um, and it, it puts the Panthers in a in a in a very good uh, position, the position of being in, in the dance. And, you know, it, it's all you can ask for. It's all you can ask for as far as the opportunity as well. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss more about how the Panthers got here and and how we've never been, at least for me, never been happier to get a loser point on Monday night. We're going to talk about that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about game time. And buying tickets to your favorite sporting events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. And for game time, you might want to start 
getting possibly your Panthers playoff tickets there, even for the Miami Heat play-in game on Friday night, you might want to go get your um, play-in tickets for that game as well. So you can use game time as far as that. Forget last minute, um, forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals for tickets right up to the date of the event. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you expect when you arrive. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back on this April 12th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, it is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show where Jacob Winans is back for a celebratory edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And it's funny because I wasn't necessarily annoyed or angry at Monday's result, really, at all. Uh, Of course, my title for the show was Loss, but Still in Control for for this Panthers team. And... You, we knew there were so many things that could break wrong, that so many things could break right. They were on the right side uh, th- this week. And there's still two, a, a full day before the Panthers even take the ice again. And, how, and I want to ask you, have you ever been happier to get a loser point uh, on Monday, looking back at it now? And to be honest with you, no. I mean, thinking back, that, that was probably the the most uh, relief I've ever felt from from an overtime loss. Because you know, going right before that overtime, John Tavares gets a, a really really dangerous wraparound, and I'm thinking, oh my god, he did it again. Bark off, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it scared scared the hell out of me. I thought Tavares just crushed us again with a wraparound. So when he did end up beating us in in overtime, it's still you know we control our own destiny. And if it comes down to a win in your in game on Thursday, that's really all you can ask for um, a game on home ice to decide your, your playoff fate. I would have been completely fine with that. Uh, so to be completely, to be completely honest with you, my attention wasn't even fully on the games today uh, until, until uh, Chicago comes out in the first period and they're like, okay, this is a game. Let me put this on and pay attention. But, I, I, my mind was completely on Thursday. It was, we did enough to, to set up this game when you're in, you can't complain with that. That that's, that's everything you want as a player is to control your own destiny with the game on home ice. So I, I was fine with the, with the, the one point against Toronto. It's uh, but honestly today with, with the results that happened, it's about time the Panthers get some luck because this has been a very unlucky season for them. And uh, to have things go their way for once, it, it was definitely nice. And let's think about let's think about one thing real quick. Think about where the Panthers were in each of the last four years going into the postseason. Your number one was the COVID bubble. The Panthers were still struggling to find who they were. Under new coaching staff, the the core might or might not have plateaued. Sergey Bobrovsky's first year struggled. Going into that, and of course, it, it manifested itself in a bad way, getting destroyed by the Islanders. 
the very next year, of course, COVID is still around. Well, it well it still is. Uh, it, but as far as going into that season, the fifty-six game season, and what how the Panthers were viewed before they were seen as a bubble playoff team, exceeded expectations, get to the second spot, lose in round one against the Tampa Bay Lightning in six, and and just a wacky season with facing Carolina, Nashville, Dallas, Chicago, uh, but still over exceed expectations. And then that's where you start building the pieces together, trading a Sam Bennett in that trade deadline, Brandon Montour for a third round pick as well. You, you start to see the, it's like you're building a, a brick house, cement, put a block there, cement, another block there. Then there's expectations for, th- for this team all the way to the president's trophy win around for the first time in 26 years. And of course, we knew what happened before that with the bio of Keith Yandel. There was some cap relief there at the time to, to in order to build that team. And then this was the so-called this year, the so-called gap year for the Panthers. You you are you're like this when it comes to the cap. And of course, you mentioned it in segment number one, where you, in order to make that Matthew Kachuk trade work, you had to trade a Mackenzie Weger. You had to trade a Jonathan Huberdeau, which. Even if Mackenzie Weger was still on the Panthers right now, this was likely going to be his last year on the team because they were likely not going to be able to fit him under the cap after. Yep. And you see a, a the aging curve of what can happen to a, a guy in his late in his late twenties going into thirties, and of course we saw it with the point production with Huberto this year, a sixty some odd point difference. And you just see the different building blocks each and every season for this team. But one thing, one thing's a constant. They're in the dance. And it just goes to show the leadership from top to bottom, from the Violas, Matthew Caldwell, now Bill Zito in the mix. And of course, I know Paul Maurice is in year one of being the coach, but give him his credit too there. And it's just establishing the leadership and, and of course, the players doing it on the ice as well, starting with uh, Sasha Barkov, even though Sergei Bobrovsky hasn't played uh, in, in a little bit, in a few weeks now. But it also starts from top to bottom on how the Panthers got here. And you see the different stories and the different scenarios that the and, and the different kind of challenges that this, these, this team had to go through each year through their four consecutive trips to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, what, what we're talking about here is is a, a kind of a long answer to, to one word, and that's identity. Uh, the Panthers have found an identity. There's an expectation now that the Panthers are a playoff team and they belong there year after year after year. This was a year that, if we're looking at it realistically, as far as the cap goes, this is a year where the Panthers had, we're always going to have the toughest time getting in. Um, the, the Kachuk trade, it, it opens the, the playoff and, and Stanley Cup window uh, long term quite a bit. It, it keeps that open for a long time. But as far as what it did to the team this season uh, with, with Keith Yandel's buyout uh, ballooning this season and uh, Patrick Hornquist uh, making five million, unfortunately, uh, suffers a, a bad injury that, that's kept him out. But uh, having to do so like the cap gymnastics earlier in the year where we were 
dressing the team short of skater um, or, or we had no healthy scratches. Uh, it, this was the year that the Panthers were, if there was a year they weren't going to make it, this was the year they weren't going to make it. And they overcame all that. And, and it, like you said, it does go back to some of those building blocks that at the time were pretty frowned upon. Sam Bennett, everybody remembers the heat that Bill Zito took for trading two seconds uh, for Sam Bennett. Every, everyone thought it was a terrible idea, um, except for a select few of us. And, and because of his uh, lack of success in Calgary, Brandon Montour at the time was statistically one of the worst defensemen in the NHL playing for, for Buffalo. But it was Buffalo, and, and that was a really bad team at the time, and Bill Zito saw something in him. We traded a third-round pick, which, looking back on it, we may not have even made that move if not for Aaron Ekblad's injury, which was horrendous and catastrophic at the time. But it also results in us getting Sam ben- uh, not Sam Bennett, Brandon Montour for pennies on the dollar, uh, which now is paying dividends because we've, we've got him on the blue line and we paid just about nothing for him. So some of those building blocks were put in place and now they're paying off. Uh, Bill Zito deserves a ton of credit for that. But like you said, it, it does boil down to the players. They've established a culture and identity and an expectation now that they're a playoff team. They're going to be a playoff team. They have no interest in not being a playoff team. And we, we know, we know how this works in hockey where it doesn't really matter how you get in. It doesn't really matter what your team, what your what you look like in the standings. Hockey is a sport where any number of things can go right or wrong throughout the regular season, especially when it comes down to injuries, chemistry, things like that, where your point total that that gets you into the playoffs might not really resemble what you are as a team. It's just about getting there. And I fully believe the Panthers are better than their point total shows. And I think the playoffs are a really great time for that to show itself because the Panthers are no, they are no regular seven or eight seed. This is a Panthers team that can beat any team in the NHL in a seven-game series. And personally, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do because last year I feel like the expectations that came with being the President's Trophy winner uh, kind of got to them, and and they played with that over their head. This year, there's no expectations. They're, right. They are a wild-card team that barely scraped in. They're the underdogs. No one expects them to win a thing. And I love that for this team. I, I think – I think Matthew Kachuk in particular can take that and run with it. And and I think the team will follow him. So I'm very excited to see what they do this season as a, as a massive playoff underdog, no matter who they play in the first round. Yeah. And I feel like our approach, at least for me personally, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, people feel this way is like, even though playoff hockey, watching it is stressful. I feel like knowing that you're not expected to win, you could watch these games a little, a, a bit loosely yep there's nothing versus, to lose ver- versus the pre- previous year it's like uh-oh you won the president's trophy now yep. co- there's gonna be a lot of conversation around your franchise if you fall short and of course we we can't forget about how not only lo- losing in the second round last year but being just flat out embarrassed three goals in four games last year just the difference that 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 our how we look at this team is a, 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 almost a calendar year later when, when it comes to when it comes to this team. But the no expectations approach and on what this team can do, and and the possibility of it over of exceeding it, it, it just makes it the fact that they do win around this year 
even better. And I even said it at the beginning of the year, if they missed the playoffs this year, it was going to cancel out the president's trophy winning season. But now we don't even have to go that route. And uh, it's, we can talk about culture and identity for this Florida Panthers team, but we're going to transition over to the third and final segment where we're going to talk more about the scenarios. Yes. The Florida Panthers have clinched the playoff spot, but there's still a little bit to play for come Thursday night. We're going to discuss this more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment on this Wednesday, April 12th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It's another edition of Winans Wednesday here on the show with my friend Jacob Winans. And Jacob, I I tweeted this earlier, but after work tomorrow when I get out, I'm gonna. I might take a little bit of a trip to uh, Giordano's to uh, get a little bit of uh, deep dish pizza, and uh, you know, in in celebration of the Blackhawks doing the Florida Panthers a uh, big favor uh, as far as beating the Pittsburgh Penguins on the road uh, to help the Panthers uh, clinch a playoff spot. So, uh, so definitely uh, planning on doing that <laughs> for for sure tomorrow. But Jacob. The scenarios look a lot different now, and it's very—it's a lot simpler with ev- with everything, with the Panthers still having to wait a, a full day to play again, and the fact that even if the Panthers lose in regulation on Thursday and the and the Pittsburgh Penguins win in Columbus on Thursday, the Panthers are going to be above the Penguins no matter what. So. Wild card one. If the New York Islanders lose in regulation on Wednesday, no matter what happens, regulation loss, overtime loss, or win, if the if the New York Islanders lose on Wednesday night in regulation and, and overtime, actually, the Florida Panthers will be wild card one. If the Panthers if the New York Islanders win on Wednesday, right before the Florida Panthers take the ice, they will they will be they will need at least an overtime loss in order to to uh, to clinch a, a spot in. I, I hold on, doing this real quick. If the New York Islanders win on Wednesday in regulation, the Florida Panthers will need at least a regulation win to still be wild card one. But if the Florida Panthers get an overtime loss while the New York Islanders get a regulation win, the Florida Panthers will be wild card two. So, it's a lot simpler, but also the most important one. If they win, regardless of what happens on Wednesday, the the um, the, the the Florida Panthers will be wild card one. So the only possibility that they could be wild card two is if they get a regulation loss or an overtime loss. If the Islanders get a regulation win, so it all comes down to even before taking the ice whether the Islanders win is regulation or not. 
Yep. And, and I think, honestly, I like the way this is playing out for Florida because it, it, it doesn't leave any room for, uh, oh, let's sit guys or rest guys or, or just wait. No, this is a team the Panthers are, are going to play. They're going to play to win because it does it does have implications. And I think that's that's everything you want for the Panthers right now. Now, of course, we, we hope you get out of that game healthy. Uh, that's first and foremost, going to the playoffs healthy. But it's it's not the most pressure since they've already clinched a spot, but it is still something important to play for because, uh, again, without getting too much into the opponents and stuff, Wild Card 2 plays Boston, who's a, honestly putting together one of the best regular seasons of, the, of this generation. And then, uh, well, uh, honestly, the, the best regular season of this generation. They, yes. they broke that record tonight. Um, so, you know, getting wild card one is important because uh, you could you could face any number of, uh, of opponents that, between wild card one and two. You could face Boston, Carolina, and New Jersey. Uh, there's, there's, there's options on the table. And I think everyone is thinking, let's try to avoid Boston if we can. So win wild card one puts you on the, the Metro side of the bracket, um, which honestly the Panthers probably fare better over there. And, and it's, and that's, that's something to play for. Um, so I, I don't anticipate seeing the Panthers resting guys definitely don't anticipate them uh, not taking that game seriously. Uh, but at the end of the day, we can watch it with a little less pressure because their fate is decided. They are at least in, in the top eight and they're going to get their shot at the cup. But, like I said, this is not a, an ordinary seven or eight seed. This isn't like last year's Nashville team who went up against Colorado and was essentially just uh, just a practice round for the, the Avalanche. This is not a, a team that that's going in with, with no expectation of winning. Uh, the Panthers believe in themselves, even though no one else does. And it, it's a, it, this is a team that could surprise a lot of people. So I think you have to, you have to give it your best shot for wildcard one. And uh, at the end of the day, if, if they end up with wild card two, I'm not, I don't look at this season any differently than if they end up with wild card one, uh, just getting in is all that matters. And you, you give whatever team you're, you're lining up against your very best shot uh, come game one. But uh, it, with the wild card scenarios, it's interesting because the Panthers will of course not host game one or two of, of their playoff series, which for being honest, might be better for them because the Panthers have been allergic to winning a game one at home. <laughs> they're, they're incapable of doing it apparently. So uh, maybe their luck turns starting a series on the road. Uh, it's a team that's been good on the road. And if you can steal a game on the road in the series, Panthers are lethal at home. Uh, so you come back home with maybe a one, one series and now you're looking at a completely different series. So I like it. I like starting on the road. I, I do. So whichever wild card the Panthers end up with, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting time, but again, we can still watch uh, the the Montreal New York game with uh, cheering on some old old Panthers faces: Sam Montembeau, Mike Matheson, Mike Hoffman, uh, a bunch of old Panthers over there, and we're hoping they're gonna do us a favor. Yeah, no, no doubt, and and it'll definitely, and and of course we could watch uh, that 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 game on Thursday, knowing that if the Habs do the Panthers a favor that you just have to really look at the 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 game for the New Jersey Devils, which I'm, I'm, who do they who do the Devils play on Thursday? They play the Capitals uh, on the road. Yeah, uh, and and of course the Carolina Hurricanes play the the Florida Panthers, and, and once again the the Hurricanes have to win outright 
for for to for them to win the division because they do not own the tiebreaker over New Jersey. So a big big it's it's going to be a big game for the Carolina Hurricanes uh, side of of things uh, for sure. But it's all going to be dependent on whether that that win is in fact in in regulation for for the and, the New York Islanders. And, and, and another another point on that, um, and this is a, a of course a very likely uh, outcome is. What if the what if the Panthers play Carolina uh, in that final game, and then that ends up being the first round matchup? Uh, yeah, it, it very well could happen. So they could they, that game uh, in a game where both teams are expected to to play all their regulars, uh, play that game full all out. That could end up being basically a a pre game one to to a playoff series. So you could be looking at a, a technically an eight game series potentially with, with the Carolina hurricanes that, uh, that could definitely make things uh, pretty spicy in round one. If, if they're already acquainted from a, the ending the regular season with each other. Or, or if you beat Carolina in regulation and New Jersey wins, you remember what happened in that first matchup between the Panthers and the devils with the face off of yep. Nico Heizer already well. bad blood in that series. And Matthew Kachuk going after Heijer after just a week later too, and and just revisiting all that as well for that. And there's a story in every single matchup for for this Panthers team in in, in relation to in relation to either to in either of their matchups. It's either going to be Boston, it's either going to be New Jersey, or it's either going to be Carolina. In in in, in what. As as in who's going to be their first round opponent, but and, you know. and 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 the good news the good news with all those teams is the Panthers have not looked out of place playing against any of those teams. They've played New Jersey well. They they compete with Carolina year in and year out, and they split the season series with Boston. Uh, so it's yeah, I'm going to keep I, I will keep saying this until game one that this is not this is not just a throwaway season. This is a Panthers team that can contend with any of the matchups they see in the first round. They've they've proven it in the regular season. They can hang with these guys. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and uh, and I think that's a great place to end end the show where where we still don't have a full picture of where the Panthers are as far as the the whole Eastern Conference but we are one step closer as we are just a few days away from game 82 and with the postseason starting on Monday. But Jacob, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this celebratory edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers clinch a playoff spot and are in the dance for the fourth consecutive season. Tell everybody where they can follow you online. Definitely. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Winans 8 I'm always active there, especially active tonight. Uh, cheering on the Blackhawks and uh, shout out to our, our our good friend and mentor Frank Rikus, uh, original uh, Chicago Blackhawks fan. I, I genuinely hope they get Connor Bedard after doing us this favor tonight. So shout out to Blackhawks fans and, and the team there and and go, buddy. And and the old host, the former host of Lockdown Panthers as as well. We the OG as well. So can't forget yep. that. So the, shout out to Frank Rikus there. So. Jacob, I want to thank you so much as, uh, for joining. And, of course, we'll be texting as always. And I will see you on the show next week. Can't wait. Thank you. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. 
Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On AHL Network, including Locked On AHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stu Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen of the day. Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Start Marmando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>